This is Chronic Victory Podcast number 41. I'm your host, David Montez. Where I'm now going to say, stay in the fight, because that's the mission. And along with the mission is a team that can help support you, our friends at The Healthy Place. Go to findyourhealthyplace.com, use coupon code VICTORY to support yourself, support small business, support this podcast. Give them a try. There's something there for everybody. I truly believe that. Let's jump into it. This is the very thing which makes up the virtue of the happy person and a well-flowing life. When the affairs of life are in every way tuned to the harmony between the individual divine spirit and the will of the director of the universe. It's a quote by Chrysippus, referencing a higher power. And people get freaked out when you mention higher power, or they get upset. How dare you tell me what I should believe? But I'm not doing that, and, and I'll explain that. That's, that's, that's not what that is meant for. I just want to throw out a reminder before I go any further, too, that I'm not here to make you feel good. Some things I say are designed to hurt. Now, allow me to explain that. They aren't to make you feel bitter or angry or sad, even though you may, but to obtain truth within the self or the situation you find yourself in. But I only say these things because I know you can handle it. You can handle it more efficiently than you probably can imagine. And it will make you stronger in the long game. I want to talk about when it all falls apart. And and that's why I brought up that quote in the beginning there. When it all falls apart. When things just go downhill. Or they go bad and they go bad fast. Whether it just be a life situation you find yourself in. Maybe it's related to your health, maybe not. Maybe it's related to your work life, maybe a relationship, something happens, somebody cheated, somebody says no and you're rejected. We all have a common addiction that I don't think we even know about. It's talked about often, but I'm not sure most people would even classify it as an addiction, which is pretty important because I believe it's the most potent of all addictions, and that is our common addiction to control. We all have this yearning to be in control of our own destiny, the things that happen to us and around us, and even to control those people around us, our our children, our friends, our partners, customers, our team. There's a way that people want things to happen. And what we often find is that What one person wants to happen or wants to control is totally different from the next, that's different from the next, that's different from the next, even if some of them have a similar goal in mind. I find that really interesting alone. But how do we deal with things when it all falls apart, when it all goes downhill? We start to lose hope, we start to believe that it's not going to work. 
We have much to learn from our miniature versions of us, from children. I had my kids at uh, the library. This actually happened last year. I wrote it down. I just never got around to, to telling this little little story. I was just sitting back. I had my, my daughters at a local library where I live for story time. And then after story time, they get to go play with all the other kids. And this is before coronavirus happened. And what the kids decided to do that day was build a marble set. And it was a pretty kick-ass marble set. Like, it, it, it could get pretty tall and, you know, had all the bells and whistles of, like, winding around and dropping down with the cool little wheels and um, that that kind of funnel thing where the, all the marbles are just spinning around for days and days and then they finally drop down the hole to the next platform and all that good stuff. And what I saw was just beautiful and I saw so many lessons there that I want to share here and that's it, it didn't none of these kids my daughters are white there's a couple other kids there that were black there was uh, a kid that couldn't speak there was a kid that couldn't speak English it, it just it just seemed you had these kids from all sorts of different uh, I mean all different colors backgrounds and cultures in this group here all with the common goal of building the most badass and towering marble set for the benefit of all involved. And I just thought it was awesome. Like, they didn't care what anybody was wearing. They didn't care what anybody sounded like or looked like. They knew that this marble set kicks ass, and it's going to be awesome if we get it to be as tall and as awesome as it looks on the box. So here we go. And they start building. And they're all helping each other out, giving each other pieces and and sharing and and if something didn't go somewhere they'd say no this one i think goes here let's put it there instead you know the kids that could talk the older ones and then the little kids are grabbing stuff and handing it and just everybody kind of did their part there was no discrepancy there was no disagreement and things seemed to be flowing until somebody would bump or kind of run into with their hand or or put a piece where it didn't belong and part of it would come crushing down and break you know, and they'd have to start this whole section all over again. And what I thought was going to happen is what you see with us adults in other areas of life. We start to get pissed off and blame each other for why it went wrong. And, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was because you did this thing. Why'd you do that? And then and then accusing and all this stuff about, you know, and then and then taking control, right? Our common addiction to control which is also our common enemy that we all have. But these kids didn't have that. This this never happened. It didn't come to be. What happened instead is the marble set would crash down and break into a bunch of different pieces and marbles were going flying all over. And they all were just, some were just kind of shocked, like, whoa. And most of them just started laughing and giggling because they thought it was it was funny. And, you know, looking back now at what I was seeing, they were glad that they got to build it all over again. They were glad about that. Can you imagine something in our adult life that was ruined like that or it just fell apart in our lap? And instead of being all upset and making excuses, we laugh about it and are happy that we get to rebuild it all over again. Why don't we see that? And so these kids just shrugged it off and got back to work and they got back after it. And they started working together. Again, built the marble set up. A couple more times it would crash down and or something would fall apart and they'd all start giggling and they were just having the best of times. And that was one of the most beautiful, simple moments that it, it didn't take me to go to some 
show. It didn't take anything extravagant to see that. It was just being present and observing and relating it to to what I was seeing, relating that to life. The answer is usually right in front of us and we just don't see it. The options that we have are usually simply right in front of us and we don't see it. So I hope that by sharing that, maybe we can all be a little more observant about what we're actually seeing. Not what something appears to be, but what are we actually seeing here? We adults, though, we lie to ourselves all the time. We try desperately to justify why we need to buy something or why we said something that we said. You know, why we're right and why the other person's wrong. Why and how we were wronged. And what comes from this is what I've heard before and what I would also agree is the quitting mind. That quitting mind. That mind that doesn't take ownership. It doesn't admit that we fucked up and made some mistakes. Even if it wasn't totally our fault, we could still take ownership of it, shrug it off, even laugh about it like kids would do and move forward. And with the quitting mind, what we have to put in place is like these... I always describe it as filters, filters in the mind. And the mind, I find, quits long before the body when we've gone too far in the wrong direction. So if you if you are, say, running a, and I, I know some of you listening can't run, but just picture, picture it in your mind. You just relate to what I'm, I guess, just listen to what I'm about to say. You don't have to relate to the physicalities of it. But just picture you're running a, a five-mile run just because, for exercise, whatever. And by mile three, you just kind of, your brain, your mind itself is kind of telling you, it's, it's starting to get annoyed and upset and it wants to be done. This is hard, I want to stop, is basically what it's telling you. And, and you still have two more miles to go. You're on mile three out of five. And the mind is throwing signals that, oh, this is hard. Things are hurting. You should really stop. This is going to hurt. This is painful. This isn't good for you. All these different signals, unfiltered. But what if we can filter those signals? What if we can recognize that? Okay. I've gone a little too soft. I know I've gone too far in the direction due to comfort, injury, illness, whatever reason that you can identify. I can't do that for you. But if there's reasons that you can identify why your mind might possibly be headed or stuck kind of too far in the wrong direction and why your your mind quits long before your body, then I think we could recognize those signals are coming. So before we take the action or, or during an action, it doesn't have to be running. That's just the easiest uh, example I could think of at the moment. Anytime you're doing something or about to do something and then your mind starts throwing all these signals, if you've already prepared for that and recognized that this is going to happen, this is going to be a thing, but I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to follow through with what I set out to do until I'm done. And then the mind can have all the time it wants to bitch and complain and try to get me to stop and try to get me to quit. The quitting mind. And just by recognizing that, expecting that okay when i get to about mile two or three or again whatever it is that you're doing during your day when you get to that point 
or, or even beforehand, you say, I'm going to, I know there's going to be some signals here that this is bad. This is hurting me. And it's not necessarily that your mind is bad or that you, you're a quitter. A lot of this is just confusion in your mind, right? The mind wants to keep the body as safe as possible. That's kind of the job. That's why people have symptoms of PTSD and, and lots of other symptoms and, and issues, which I'm not going to delve into with this particular episode, but the mind is trying so desperately to protect the body that it's sending signals that you should quit or cease what you're doing entirely. And if we give into that repeatedly, we teach ourselves that the mind gets to dictate what you decide to do or when you decide to quit. Does that make sense? I'm not saying there's you and then your mind, because you're one and the same. However, a section of you, a portion of your mind, a portion of you is getting itself to stop or to quit or to take a shortcut or to take the easy route because it doesn't want to feel the physical effects on the rest of your body because of pain or because it's tough. So it's trying to keep itself safe so desperately, so unfiltered. And what we need to do is we have to repeatedly, consciously, make a decision not to be done when those signals are firing off. We need to consistently recognize that those signals are coming. And just by doing that, you have your filter on, several filters on, and then you will grow and you'll get better. The more it's practiced, you'll get better and better at it to pretty soon your mind, yourself, right? One and the same. Those signals are going to hopefully slow down and maybe even stop. Going back to the quote in the beginning, talking about a higher power, you know, where, wherever you're at with your spiritual beliefs, atheist, Christian, whatever, this is less about me converting you to Christianity and more about ditching selfishness and ditching self-absorption. It's about attuning to the universe and discarding the toxic idea that we're at the center of it. You know, with most decisions I make that seem important or maybe they seem drastic, they seem big, I try, I don't always, but I try, I try to often think of how small we really are in the universe and how little my quote-unquote big decisions are truly are think about that for a second i'm an organic life form on a giant floating rock that's not so giant in the grand scheme of how big the universe really is do you think it really matters to the rest of the universe what i'm going to wear or what i'm going to eat in the next 10 minutes even the bigger decisions is it really going to matter to the rest of the universe if i decide to get this optional surgery Surgery could help. Maybe it won't. It's a big decision to me. But on the grand scale of the universe, does that even register on the radar? And this is where I'm going with this. This isn't, this isn't about me. This isn't about you. I've said this before in prior podcasts. Perhaps we're not the main character in the story. Even though we live in our own head, in our own body, we're us. Maybe we're not the main character in the story anymore, like we thought we were. 
plot twist, maybe nobody is. So I'll get I'll get back to the higher power aspect. But let's talk about spirit. People get freaked out by the word spirit too. Oh, he's getting into like religious stuff. Not necessarily. Let me ask you a question. Where do you think you are in your body? Dude, there's so much discourse around this topic. <laughs> Where in your body are you located exactly? Most people would say in the head. Okay, but where precisely in your head? Oh, the brain. Okay, but where on the point to the spot on the brain where you exist that if it didn't have this, whatever, this little speck of you that you wouldn't be in your body anymore? Where is that? Well, nobody can figure that out. There's so much discourse around this topic. And people, people think they have an idea of where we might be in our body, but it's still just a best guess. And I'm okay with that. Were the, were the cells and atoms that made up you just chance? Some of you have heard in my Instagram live videos recently, I asked the question, are we all just star matter that happened randomly? Is that what this is? And if, if that's your belief, if, if so, if that's what you believe, which is fine because you have the right to believe what you want to believe. What or who created that then? And if you go back even further, who or what created that then? And where does it end? No, it's still pretty new for me to announce that I'm a Christian. I'm a man of faith. Follower of Christ, believer in God. And very unapologetic about it now. Which feels pretty good. You know, comfortable talking about it now. Openly. And moving on from spirit, let's talk about prophecy, which is another just debatable idea. There's so much debate behind prophecy. There's no way it can be real, right? Like how many stories have you heard where someone says, it was like a movie, or it was like we were in a movie, or something crazy or ridiculous or, or dramatic or intense happens? You know, just because these things don't happen constantly doesn't mean they don't exist. And I, I recently stumbled on a concept, very philosophical, and caught my attention. And it kind of argues with that fact that prophecy is real and exists. You know, to the people who say it doesn't, there is a prophecy out there that comes true 100% of the time. Can you guess what it is? All right, not being a downer or negative, but the prophecy that comes true 100% of the time is death. I was doing an Instagram live the other day and I, I said something about how our stories all end in the same place. Everyone's story, even though our beliefs can be so different, our stories can be so drastically far apart, the stories all end in the same place. The part that matters is what we do in between. You know, is What matters is what we do until we get there. And this, this is a good thing. Because if you're listening to this, you haven't gotten there yet. So this doesn't have to be all, you know, this doesn't have to be a downer. This is opportunity. Now, we talk about spirit. We talked about prophecy. So if that, if that is a prophecy, you know, I can't make the claim that I will never die. I can prophesize that I will at some point have a death. And it will be my death. 
personally, I hope it's a, like a glorious death and not something stupid. Either way, I probably won't care because I'll be dead. Yet, if we could see this as an opportunity, I think that's really a tool that we can put in our, in our belt here. Going back to the beginning, the real reason I'm talking about all this spirit, prophecy, and that it doesn't really matter where you are at with your spiritual beliefs, I think we have to believe in, in some fact, in something. Right? We have to have our own personal reasoning for what we believe we are. And this is all going to be an effective way of how we do battle, of how we fight back against the challenges in life that we face. It's fundamental. And if we don't have, I mean, we don't need the answers, but we should have a pretty damn good idea about what our beliefs are. And I think a really important thing we can do that a lot of people just don't do, because we always have to... We always feel like we have to pick a side or we have to be right about something. Is to simply say, I don't know. Now I'd be lying if I said I knew more about prophecy, about spirits and God and all that. I, I don't. I don't know, which is why I'm learning. But I do know my core beliefs. And with that out of the way, I know myself. And with that out of the way, I know how to effectively do battle, which is why I'm here talking to you guys i want everybody to know how to build that foundation the core elements of who you are so you can effectively destroy and obliterate the bad the evil the annoying challenges that come your way in life to make it happier to make it a bit easier to make it enjoyable worthwhile we have to stop believing that we are the director and as soon as we can attune our spirit to that idea, the easier and happier our lives will be because we'll have given up that addiction to control. Easier life, happier life, more productive and evolved in mind. Isn't that the reason you're here? Isn't that one of the reasons you're with me listening to this? so that we can be more prepared and be better in some way. I'm going to end this one soon and keep it shorter, but I hope that I got you to think about something that maybe hasn't really settled with you yet. You know, maybe there's some unfinished business when it comes to one of these topics that I talked about that you can delve deeper into, find more information about, carry with you as one of your core beliefs, as something fundamental to who you are, so you can proceed not getting upset about the things that don't work out your way, you know, when it all falls apart. Not being addicted to that potent addiction of control. And I also hope it gets you to act more like the children that I was watching that day at the library. Where when it does fall apart, you can laugh about it, shrug it off, and be happy that you have the opportunity, the life, to rebuild and get going again. And don't forget what I said, that I'm not here to make you feel good. Some things I say are designed to hurt, but I only say that because I know you can handle it. And you can handle it efficiently and turn it into something effective. Stay in the fight. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you heard something that inspired you and that you continue to tune in. 
feel free to reach out to me on social media or by email. Also, if you're in a position to donate, I have a Patreon account set up to support this podcast and the community behind it. Whatever you're going through and whatever your situation is, stay in the fight.